Dearest listener, welcome to a Bridgerton podcast, a weekly show dissecting the Bridgerton family and the ongoings of the rest of the ton, presented by Mr Ben Butler and the Right Honourable Robbie Christmas. May God have mercy on your souls. Hello and welcome to a, I was about to say Bridgestone podcast. I don't know why I, st- <laughs> I don't know why I stumble over the intro every time. I think my brain just like doubts, even though we've called it the most reductive, simplistic name for what a podcast about Bridgestone could be. We still every get time it wrong. <laughs> my brain goes, this is not the name of the, clearly you didn't choose this as the episode. Welcome or to the a name Bridgestone podcast, <laughs> sponsored by Black Angus Steak. <laughs> Sponsored by BetterHelp. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll, I'll try this again. Hello and welcome to a Bridgerton podcast. Uh, you're with me, Ben, and with not me, Robbie. How are you, Robbie? Good. Every, every week that we do these, I always hold my breath when you're doing the intros. I'm like, he could do it. You're going to do it. This is the one. I never know. It's not going to take us four times to do it. I just wish we had started the precedent of like you doing the intro, but now that we have me doing it, it has to be me all the time. And this is a this is a thing I've created. So like, right? Uh, yeah, because I guess like like the way it's sort of structured, I guess like I'm the de facto sort of like expert host, which feels weird. And like with that, I have to like <laughs> intro it, right? Um, but I don't like it at all. <laughs> and every week, this is your bed. Every, you you made it. Every week, it stresses me out. Um. But how are you doing? How's your week been? It's good. It's been good so far. Um, really excited to talk about this episode just because there seemed to be uh, less talking in this episode and more doing each other. Well, I guess I guess we'll... Let's hop into it? Yeah, I guess. Do you want to use that phrasing for this episode? Let's hop onto it. Yeah, let's just put it in, you know? Let's get deep inside of it. <laughs> okay, let us start describing the episode. Ravi, what happened in episode six? <laughs> okay, so we start out at the honeymoon for Daphne and Simon. Simon introduces her as the Duchess of Hastings, the the woman who has been kind of looking after the property. Uh, Mrs. Coulson? Yeah, Mrs. Coulson. Uh, she wants to give him a tour and all this stuff. And Simon pretty bluntly says, I have plans of my own with my new bride. And everybody's kind of like, okay. Like, if I were around people... Yeah. Well, we'll get into this later. So, mm-hmm. he picks her up and he carries her off into the bedroom. Uh, back in town, they're at a garden party uh, with all of the, the major, the key players. You know, the Bridgertons, the Featheringtons. And uh, Colin announces that he and Marina are going to be married. And the entire family is shocked. Anthony... Um, pulls him aside in his office and he's like, yeah, this is this is not a good idea. What were you thinking? Why didn't you talk to your mother about this? You've clearly upset her. Well, this first thing is like, you know, I should have taken you to more prostitutes. Was Oh, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he uses two phrases I enjoy. One was uh, wetting your wick and the other was sowing your wild oats. Um, yeah. And it was basically like, congrats on your engagement, but I should have taken you to more prostitutes, it seems. Yeah, I thought he's like, it's my own fault. Didn't take you to enough whorehouses. Like, (laughs) 
Okay. So Daphne and Simon back at the uh, the manor. What would you call that? Yeah, I have no idea. This place looks like like it makes Danton Abbey look like a shed. I've never seen a like <laughs> building or like ostensibly private residence as large as this. Yeah. It's it's like a cathedral inside. Yeah, it's massive. It's it's a, and it's like crazy to think that like Simon grew up there pretty much by himself. Yeah, just him and like 50 servants. Yeah, he's like Macaulay Culkin just hanging out, just <laughs> having free reign of this entire castle. I do like the idea of him doing some sort of like, yeah, Home Alone, sort of like, you know, having Michael Jordan posters and stuff. Right. Uh, I think it'd be great. So Daphne and Simon are in bed and playing around and uh, she goes off to take the tour uh, with Mrs. Coulson. And later at night, Simon and Daphne start flirting at the dinner table and decide to go have sex in the rain. I did notice that they took the sort of, you know, the sort of like very kind of um, notebook style rom-com kiss in the rain and just like brought it right up to the um, R-rated uh, version. Mm -hmm. On the show, they did have a an intimacy coordinator, which is definitely the, I think, the way forward for productions now, which is cool. Um, it's really cool. I think that, um, you know, for what can be quite i think particularly for the female lead kind of like a potentially not so pleasant environment having someone to come in and block it almost like a mm -hmm. fight scene i think is quite cool and uh this woman who's into interesting coordinator for the show she also does like fight blocking for theater and movies and stuff which i think is is pretty great it's hard to write about a show the more they have sex because i feel like i'm being a voyeur yeah and like my irish repressed catholic ways are definitely coming through i think this episode as well <laughs> like when we were chatting about like oh this is gonna be such a good episode to talk about party was like i don't know if it will i prefer talking about you know the queen's lack of diplomatic dealings with you know the napoleonic wars than i guess like very just intense sex scenes you're but. the only person that watches this show because you want to see how the queen deals with diplomatic situations everybody else the yeah. people i was watching this with the um the other day kept complaining they're like i was told there were going to be some pretty hardcore sex scenes in this i think that's partly true for me as a, a person and then partly because it was like my second time around i was like oh i need to look for the like stuff in the background here which like pulls out things like the harpist from last week or you might want to be careful with saying things like pulls out <laughs> for an episode like this there's i don't think you'll ever see another show where after simon pulling out daphne stares at a handkerchief <laughs> like that is a dramatic look will never <laughs> exist in another show ever again <laughs> it's true it's groundbreaking for a number of reasons <laughs> yeah so <laughs> they have sex on the lawn in broad daylight uh they have sex in the study yeah. They have sex everywhere. Mm -hmm. So Marina tells Penelope that she wants to be friends. Penelope is upset still and doesn't really want anything to do with her. She keeps blowing her off because Marina's being selfish. Uh, Marina, Lady Featherington meet uh, Lady Bridgerton and Eloise at Madame de la Croix's um, place. Marina catches on to the fake French accent and threatens to out her as being a fraud. So in return, Madame de la Croix will make dresses um, with no fuss. Yeah, and I, I think like, you know, coming on from from last episode where Marina was definitely a villain for you and she is very much kind of horrible to uh, Penelope earlier in this episode where she's like, oh, like, Colin will never see you right. as, you know, anything but a sister and stuff. Right. 
yeah, there was this kind of yeah moment of badassery which I thought was nice and also like does it kind of tactfully as well like speaks to her in French and like doesn't even really tell Lady Featherington like what the deal is she's kind of like oh yeah I've just sorted this mm-hmm. I thought that was cool from Marina so there's a dinner between the two families and Penelope tries to warn Colin but Colin isn't worried about it she tells him like no she's still in love with this guy like she was with him and he's like, well, she's with me, so doesn't matter. I'm not worried about it. And it's also, like, it's the most awkward dinner of all time. Yeah. Uh, it's it's painfully bad. And it's I thought really it was, bad. like, as bad as it could get until, like, you see the, like, Featherington sisters uh, or, like, the daughters. Singing. Really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure for you that was particularly painful. That was pretty painful, yeah. Listening to them sing was pretty bad. And Marina tells Colin that she wishes they could just get married right now, and Colin suggests that they go to Scotland to elope. Everyone's favorite elopement destination. Always a toss-up between Vegas and Scotland. Yep. (laughs) So Daphne's putting um, some baskets together to give to the townspeople, and when they go through the town to give out these baskets, nobody wants anything to do with her except for this pregnant woman that she ran into with her child, um, earlier at that, that market. Yeah. Turns out Daphne actually just insulted the townspeople by declaring all three pigs the winner, which meant, like you said earlier, that no one could collect any income because they wouldn't have the contract. So Daphne sits down with Mrs. Coulson. Miss Coulson tells Daphne uh, about how the Duchess of Hastings, Simon's mother, uh, died during childbirth. Clearly, Miss Coulson is v- deeply uncomfortable with it, and Daphne's, she's really trying. Bless her heart, you know? Yeah. Lady Featherington is going out and Penelope pulls a Ferris Bueller and pretends that she's sick so she could stay in. So again, mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller is making an appearance for a second time. <laughs> yeah. Penelope finds out that the last letter has been forged. So she tells Marina. And you would think that Marina would be like, oh my God, that's crazy. I can't believe she's she's done that. And um, Marina ends up not doing that. She tells Penelope that she's never going to win Colin's love. And then this is when she like really... Like, Marina just really, mm-hmm. she's so unnecessarily mean. Yeah. Um, so uh, Penelope kind of runs off, starts crying. Uh, Daphne asks Simon about his mom. And yeah. um, he doesn't really talk about it too much. But then that's when she goes and looks down after they have sex. She looks at his tissue mm-hmm. of which he has relieved himself into. And yeah. she goes to Rose to ask how children are born and (laughs) and my girlfriend was talking about how it was like (laughs) the look on rose's face it's like maybe now is a good time to talk about my raise (laughs) yeah (laughs) i am doing way more (laughs) than is in my job description you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) daphne oh this is okay all right this is an interesting part so daphne figures out that Simon has not been honest about being able to uh, create a family with her. So they start to have sex and Daphne gets on top. Simon tells her to wait because he is climaxing and she doesn't let him pull out even when he says wait and they finish and she gets Mm -hmm. up and she's clearly upset and Simon says, well, why didn't you stop? Mm -hmm. And they get in an argument and she feels betrayed. So this is a pretty hotly discussed conversation. Mm -hmm. This scene is is pretty interesting. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about how I feel about it. 
because I know that this was pretty triggering to a lot of people Mm -hmm. because there are those that would say that this was, there was no consent given Mm -hmm. and she didn't listen to him and that it it constitutes rape. I I absolutely understand that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to make excuses for it because when I saw that scene, it made me very uncomfortable as well. The fact that she didn't listen and, and as if, him being dishonest, like it was excused her disregarding his uh, consent yeah, or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that scene, that was kind of what I thought, which is like, it doesn't matter why you were arguing. Mm-hmm. You weren't listening when he asked you to stop. If the roles had been reversed yeah. and it was a man having sex and she said, wait, I don't think there would be any doubt. Mm-hmm. that that was a form of sexual assault so i felt like personally that's something that i just didn't want to gloss over yeah i think that it's important uh, for us to have somewhat of a dialogue about things like this mm-hmm. uh, and not just look at sex in a show like this as something that's just hilarious mm-hmm. because there are some really really funny outrageous sex scenes but when it comes to something like this let's make sure that we understand that this should not be normalized yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. I think honestly, first time watching it, I think I was more sort of, I was very much caught up in Daphne's sort of point of view and being like, oh, like this person lied to me and focusing on that. But rewatching it again and just listening to people's takes on it and reading up, like, yeah, there's definitely like consent is either like withdrawn or it's like not given or whatever you want to interpret it. It's not, it's not there. Yeah, regardless of the, the larger issues, I think, yes, like on the one hand, it is bad and I think somewhat unforgivable of Simon to be deliberately obtuse about the can't won't have kids and then he also says I thought you knew how it worked but like this is someone who like you know on the bridge when they're promenading a couple of episodes ago like clearly is aware that Daphne does not know what even like masturbation is yeah. like let alone like sex I think that defense doesn't stand up no it doesn't um so I think like before this point and after this point like Simon has not been acting like in good faith and uh, i think that's true but like that doesn't as you said like exclude the fact that like daphne in this moment is being a bad actor and is not going with the consent preferences of her partner which i think is bad yes and again it's one of those things where you just sort of like screaming at the tv being like if you guys talked about this like this would solve itself um so poorly like so, so much better like they clearly do love each other but there's a lot left unsaid that mm-hmm because it is unsaid and because they're like both like stumbling around in the dark you have these clash points of moments where like bad things happen and there's a big fallout but yeah i'm I'm glad you brought it up it's something that i think is important to talk about yeah i think it's a very key scene in this episode Mm -hmm. the next morning colin has his bags packed he's coming down the stairs as well as marina and it turns out that somebody spilled the beans to Lady Whistledown about Marina being pregnant since she came to town. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all fingers point to Penelope, but we don't know yet. And um, the episode ends after that. Memorable moments! Yeah, there's a, there's a moment where um, uh, Colin comes in for breakfast and you know a couple of the Bridgertons are in there and Benedict is suddenly like, okay, guys, clear out. I was just sitting there watching it being like, I'd be really pissed off if I was like sitting there for breakfast, like ready to tuck into my eggs. And suddenly my brother's like, 
hey, get out. Your brother needs to have a chat. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you guys can talk in a minute. Yeah. And then I had in my notes, which is unintentionally, like, I'm not sure if it's like my best or worst joke. So I had like, you know, these notes and be like, oh, breakfast chat, like I'd be raging if I was kicked out. And then in quotes I had, but what about my eggs? Benedict. Oh, <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's so good. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. It's one of those ones that requires like so much setup for a very minimal payoff. Yeah, very minimal. Very minimal payoff. Like, I don't really enjoy puns. That's good. Like, That's that, a good one. Yeah, I thought that was like, oh yeah, like that one. There's not, not, not going to be another opportunity that I get to use that one, so I wanted to, to drop it in. That's good. I'm glad you did. Thanks for sharing. There's this moment where they, uh, Simon and Daphne arrive at um, Simon's place and, you know, he's very much like, I'm going to fuck my wife now. And, uh, Daphne goes, what will the servants think? And Simon's like, does it matter? Which is like, <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, there's this moment where Simon starts like, you know, oh, like you don't have to dress so formally for dinner and starts taking off her gloves. And yeah. the like, camera cuts to like a footman, like a guy at the, yeah. like serving them a dinner, like clearly looking like really uncomfortable. Yeah, um, they all look uncomfortable. Yeah, and I'm sure it provides some entertainment for them, but at the same time, it must be quite awkward to be like, oh, like, hearing your boss having sex all the time must be like... But yes and no, though, because some of the other servants, like, had their ears to the door when they were banging. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, when they're at the, in the library. Yeah, yeah I just think, it, I think it's, it's perhaps, uh, like... There's a work-life balance separation or professional, <laughs> professional, personal split that might be a little hard when you're a, a servant in a, a house, I suppose. And also, like, what did those 50 servants do for, like, the years that Simon had been away and, you know, the Duke of Hastings had passed away? Like, did they just sort of, like, hang out and play pool or, like, what was the, or, like, right. just spend every day dusting um, and waiting till he comes back again? Maybe there were a bunch of other paintings that Simon wanted returned. Just to rearrange. Yeah, yeah, servants all around the country (laughs) (laughs) returning things. Villain of the episode! Uh, I think Marina is a villain. I certainly was more up in arms around that scene between Penelope and Marina. I was like, damn. I was cold. Yeah, that's reasonable. I had like... Mrs. Coulson down there just for being grumpy for like no apparent reason and being like horrible to everyone. Yeah. Um, and like clearly she hasn't taken a liking to Daphne and like I can kind of understand when like you know this like young new duchess comes in thinks she knows you know everything and is like you know riding all around the place like I can sort of understand without the lack of context as to why Mrs. Coulson is so grumpy. I don't not villainous but also just a bit like hey like cheer up. <laughs> you know be nice to people maybe uh, that would be nice um yeah i think there's obviously calls for simon and daphne in this episode as well right yeah hero of the episode any heroes for you in this episode i want to say penelope penelope really tried to help colin and she also really tried to help marina by telling her that the letters were forged so I would say that Penelope is um, a hero for me. Yeah, that checks out. I think, yeah, two others for me to mention. Like one is the, I'm not sure if it's if it's just the particular clothes they put her in or it's the, I'm assuming fake pregnant belly, but the obnoxiously pregnant uh, villager in, um, who's like nice to <laughs> the Daphne. The obnoxiously quite... pregnant. <laughs> but like, if you like see her from the side, like she's just like, it's like a inverted triangle. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, she seems really nice and genuine, which is great. And Daphne's uh, lady maid who, you know, explains what sex is and goes, 
yeah beyond the call of duty yeah, i think it's definitely a, a hero of mine yeah rose is a, definitely a definitely a hero in this episode i want to talk a little bit about something that i was reading up about earlier it's called the bridgerton effect um and it's seeing the um real world um effects of the popularity of the show so we have some data here from ebay and from hobbycraft but according to hobbycraft uh searches for embroidery uh have gone up 1000 percent in uh, the past couple of weeks which they're like attributing to to bridgerton and the sales of stitching kits have increased 30 percent month on month since december sure according to ebay uh, interest in corsets uh, has gone up by uh, 39%. Lace tops have gone up by 37%. Headbands have gone up by 25%. And crystal earrings have gone up by 34%. Um, where are people wearing these? Like, where are people wearing corsets? That was my question. And, like, I know you can get kind of, like, you know, uh, sort of lingerie-style corsets and stuff. Yeah. Like, that, that sounds nice. But, like, even with all these things, it's like, yeah, like, where? <laughs> like, out, is this all, like, within the home? Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was just interesting seeing the like real world effects that this show is is having on on people. Well, it sounds like it's helping the economy. Yeah, is there anything else we wanted to chat about before? No, I just want to get started watching episode seven and eight now. I'm so excited for you to to finish. There have been things I've been, um, I guess to use the Bridgerton phrasing, uh, I've been burning to uh to talk to you about so i'm very excited for you to to finish the series but it does come with a, a bittersweet note of it does mark you know the move towards the end of the podcast yeah maybe maybe i'm excited for the second season i'm excited to see where this podcast goes because i see literally nothing but potential yeah okay well hey if you like the podcast if you like a bridgerton podcast um please Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of that stuff. And if there's an opportunity to leave a review, please do so. But we're really happy to be doing this. And um, Mm -hmm. thanks again. Cool. Well, there you have it. Another episode of a Bridgerton podcast. Simply marvelous as ever. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. Until next time, (laughs) ta-ta. 